Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to uh, this special edition of the of the podcast with a special guest, but I'll get to him in a second. For now, BTOsports.com, uh, nation's leading retailer, anything you need for your bike or body, uh, check them out at BTOsports.com, of course. Use the code PULPMX to check out and save yourself money. Whatever you need for your bike or body, they've got it. Brand new website, mobile phone friendly. And uh, great international shipping rates also. And uh, uh, presented by Foxhead, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear, continuing the relentless pursuit to innovate and elevate. Check out the full line of 2015 stuff out now. V3 helmet with MIPS, highly updated uh, award-winning instinct boot, airspace goggle, 360 racewear, foxhead.com, btosports.com, and Fox Racing. Bringing you this Racer X podcast. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. This is the San Diego Supercross Race Recap. With me on the line is uh, my boss, the RacerX online editor, a man who was very upset after the races for a number of reasons, the voice of American motocross, the Jason Wygant. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Is that really that mad? Well, you just kept repeating it over and over the same thing. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, also on the line... Yeah, I'm now on pink side. I hate this stadium. I'm very upset. Two-time German Supercross champion, two-time uh, Montreal Supercross champion, now... Uh, Busy, busy, busy selling fly racing across the world. The Jason Thomas. What's going on, boys? Thanks for doing this, bro. Uh, also on the line, special guest. I uh, love having him on here whenever we can. He's uh, fighting fires, but he's still very opinionated and very unhappy with things that happen at San Diego that we'll get to in a second. He is 125 Supercross winner, Supermoto winner, and uh, Racer X online editor at large. The David Pingree. Ping, what's up? I'm I'm just sitting over here disturbed at the fact that you said mobile phone. What? What am is that I? Sp- a Canadian thing? Mobile phone? It is. It is. Yep. Yeah. Nobody says mobile in the states. They say in Europe. No. Canada. Mobile phone Canada. friendly, bro. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's yeah. We Australia, say mobile. England, and Canada. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm been here a long time, but I'm still Canadian. So learn the language, bro. <laughs> now, if you would like, cars put- don't run. Please pass me my Cadbury's chocolate egg. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Uh, thanks for doing this again, Ping and Weege. And, and let's, get to, let's get right away. So 30 years Supercross has been held at Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego. We need to discuss this move to Petco by the folks at Feld and whether it worked or not um, and, and the good and the bad. And uh, I guess, first of all, Weege, let's start with you. Um, what would you think? What would you think of this big move? 
Uh, I thought it was awesome for 90% of the uh, day and evening. I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it looked cool. So it had a great atmosphere. That's not an accident. That's why they build these stadiums downtown and have the outfield facing the city center. I thought it was great until the very end when uh, it was impossible to get on the floor, uh, even with the press pass, and interview the riders, which made it impossible to talk to riders, which makes it really hard to tell people what actually happened. So I'm pretty pissed now. What I don't understand is you went down to get – like. Like, just security was saying you cannot go. Yeah, they had, um, and all four of us were uh, found that tunnel at the beginning of the day to get down to the track walk. Well, this time they had fences set up Mm -hmm. protecting that area. And they were so concerned with bikes coming out and, I guess, killing people that there was no chance they were going to let human beings on the other side of that fence. I saw, like, McElrath himself just walking, no bike, just by himself in gear, just trying to, like, get his way through that fence to get out. And they're like, sir, sir, there's motorcycles. There's motor-. Like, I'm sure the guy that got second in the race <laughs> can handle not getting run over by a motorcycle. So I couldn't get down there. And then as it became a wild goose chase to get any quotes from anybody and know what the heck happened. I've never had that happen um, at any stadium ever. Well, the pits were fractured for people who don't know. The, the stadium was beautiful, of course, but there was two or three parking lots used for the pits. And it was quite a walk. You had to cross a street that was closed and everything else. So, um so 90% of it, though, you thought it was better. Um, yeah, and I know there's some dissenting views here, and there are, there are very valid points. But I think when you're in that building uh, at nighttime and how it looks and the atmosphere and everything, I thought it was really cool. I thought they did a good job with the track. I was scared of a San Francisco 42-second track, and I thought they did a great job. So that part was that part and was I better. I thought the pits would be more fractured than that. Like you know, when we go to Phoenix and some of these other places, a Ford mm-hmm. Field in Detroit, like the pits are just a disaster. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, in the end, yeah, they were fractured, but they were set up basically the same amount of space as usual. I didn't expect to get that downtown. I thought that was pretty good. You not getting the riders made you very upset. That's what I was referencing earlier. You just said this is dumb. Can't get the riders. A waste of time. I don't know where I'm going. Poor Weech. Yeah, I mean, I'm really only there for one thing, and that's to talk to the riders after the race. It's the only major reason to go to a race. Well, I would disagree. There's some great catering going on in some of those tents. Food is available wherever you live. (laughs) Um, JT, what did you think? Um, I thought it was actually pretty good. You know, I know the person that will speak next has a differing opinion, but I, I actually like it. I like the downtown uh, vibe of – I just like Supercross downtown. I, I think it uh, just feels different with all the high-rise in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stadium was so much nicer as far as the amenities and the concessions and the press box. And, you know, I, I just – I think it's a, a step up from what we had. You know, and there, there were downsides like the – you know, there's – a lot of homeless and vagrant stuff down there, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's part of downtown, I guess, in any big city. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was a, a big success, really. Um, Ping, that's, uh, you're very upset about this. You've been upset well, about this move. Your, your initial reaction, we walked the track with you. You initially got down to the floor, and you said, oh, look, a concrete stadium with blue seats. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> so Yeah, Look, I, I was very, very anti-downtown, anti-Petco Park going into it, and I tried to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I still think it was a better event at Qualcomm. Um, I, I, you know, 
first of all, the first thing I do is get there. I'm parked in some shady little area. Thank God I didn't get towed. But it was the only thing I could find mm-hmm. without paying like a, a fortune. Because most people, it was like 35 50 bucks a day to park. Am I right? Like, is that I paid uh, staying at a hotel? Well, we each, we each got free parking because they stayed right down there. And, and free is best for we each. I paid 30 JT, what did you do? Uh, I had a super parking pass, so I paid zero. Great, thanks. Well, I paid thirty, well, and it was only good till nine p.m. And somehow my car wasn't towed. So, <laughs> and, so parking's a nightmare, just period. It is. It was not. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, the pits were not great. It, it wasn't super bad, but it wasn't great. All the, like like we said, all those downtown ones are kind of a nightmare. Walking all the way around the stadium for track walk, like whatever. That's not that big a deal. We only do it once. Like the riders riding right. It just seemed like mm-hmm. totally inconvenient and weird to me. But I was trying to, I was trying to take it in. I'm like, okay, Ralph gave me his Shaheen, you know, gave me his best pitch, which everything he said was selfish. <laughs> well, you fly right in. The hotel's right here. It's real nice. I yeah, talk right talk about that a little bit. Talk, hey, talk a little bit about that. So we're walking up the track, and I said to Ralph, Ping's unhappy, Ralph. He does not like this move to Petco. And Ralph says. Oh, he, he pitches me on every reason why it's better for him. I'm like, no, 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 Ralph, I don't give a shit about you. I mean, I really am not asking about how it's how it's, how this is for you. I'm talking about the sport in general, you know. Pop out of your narcissistic bubble for a moment and see if you can give me an opinion that isn't completely just self-serving. Well, I got to admit. I, and he couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah. I'm, I'm guilty of that, too, though, sometimes. I like Ralph. You no. totally are. Right. You totally are. Yeah, I am. Uh, but – my whole I'm, I mean, we're not. People, I'm not in this to be a humanitarian. It's <laughs> awesome for me. I'm pumped. People loved the tailgating aspect at Qualcomm. It was a. It was just. It had its own vibe. The only other football stadium we have out west is Oakland, and not exactly a family-friendly area, you know. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. uh, I don't even expect that place to probably be on the series for too much longer. Would be my guess. Anywho. I tried to I tried to get into it. Okay, after that whole debacle with <laughs> right, Ralph, right? You know, watched a couple of practices, and then I went out and walked around downtown. I had a you know had pizza, some little place, a couple of vodka drinks, which helped. <laughs> I think I texted you a photo of those. You did, you did. You said things are better. I mean, everything's better right. with vodka. I think at that point. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, at the same time, I'm in the Rockstar truck, and I'm talking to Kenny Adams, and he's all, dude. You see right here these bushes in front of us? He goes, I saw a bum shoot up heroin right here about an hour ago. I'm like, are you kidding me? So no, no, he tied off right in front of me and mainline something. I'm like, awesome. Well, welcome to downtown. Are we sure it wasn't a so, rider? I think I may know of who that was. <laughs> are we sure it wasn't an industry person or a rider doing that? Um, uh, well, uh at the end of the day, yeah. I'm I'm still leaning a little more towards I miss Qualcomm. But Did, if you want a city race like that, go to Salt Lake City, or I'm sorry, go to Seattle, go to San Francisco. There's plenty of city races. Can't. Qualcomm had a a unique vibe, and it's gone. There's actually not plenty whatever. of. There's actually not. Yeah, there's those two, races are gone. The two races you named are gone. Well, there's other cities though. I mean, there's right. other city downtown races. We've. We, we keep going to those more and more, you know, Phoenix. Yeah. It reminded me a I, lot. I liked Qualcomm, what it, what it, the way it was. It was just had its own unique vibe. It reminded, me, more it reminded me a lot of San Francisco. Like, honestly, I don't know what it was with the new stadium or whatever. I saw a couple people where I was like, oh, they came, like, they came to this race? And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not in San Fran. Like, I'm in San Diego. <laughs> like, seriously, it was that weird for me. Like, 
oh, why not? I was talking to Adam Cincerillo, and he, he said he had to sign autographs with McGrath. And I was like, oh, McGrath came? And then I was thinking, wait a minute, you idiot. He lives 20 minutes away. Like, this is uh, uh, this is San Diego now. That's how that's how much it reminded me of San Francisco. Um, I think uh, I think if Qualcomm had a new stadium, I would be all in. I really think it's just the stadium. Like, I don't care about the location or really any of that. I think it's actually a lot more convenient to be at, you know, the Qualcomm area. Just the stadium's just terrible. It's just not a nice place to go watch a race compared to some of the other but, offerings we have out there. Like, when we go to Dallas next weekend, you know, I mean, it's just unbelievable how nice it is. It makes the whole experience better. Weech, so. did you... Did you talk to anybody um, who had some thoughts on that? I didn't talk to anybody. That's right. That's right. Sorry, I forgot. Uh, yeah. During the day, did you talk to anybody who liked it or didn't like it for any reasons? Like, did they? I didn't really hear much bitching. Actually, I was surprised. I didn't Just really hear anything either direction, which I guess is good. Right. It is a problem that the whole sport's going to have, though, because they don't build new stadiums out in the suburbs very often. I mean, they did in Dallas, but we all know that Texas is just Texas just does things differently. For the most part, this is their direction. Everything is going right, so that's awesome for you know a baseball game where people get out of work at five o'clock and they go to the ballpark at six thirty. They watch a game at seven. It's right where they work. They see the skyline. They get a nice dinner. But for Supercross, where we have a pit parking situation that doesn't matter to everybody else, this is a real problem. Like they're not going to build a stadium like Qualcomm, where Qualcomm is anymore. Mm-hmm. They don't do that. That's why this stadium. Is now downtown. That's why San Francisco went from Candlestick Park to downtown, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know what's going to happen. This is going to be a recurring problem. It's not good for Supercross. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe they end up back at Qualcomm. I don't know. But um, my, the- my other bitch, too, was that <laughs> I loved having that extra floor space at San Diego. The, the, the old football field gives you so much more room to, you know, for activities. Mm-hmm. You, you've got so much more room for activities down there. <laughs> And there's and of course uh, they're, they're tailgating where their activities are like throwing the football around thing. Yeah, the football, throwing the football. But See, uh, how many times have you tailgated at Qualcomm? <laughs> me, like maybe never, probably. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people did. And damn it, I'm standing up for their you right. Are, you, you know, you represent those uh, people. <laughs> <laughs> they need a voice, and I'm that voice right now. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, I thought that apparently never threw a football either. Apparently, Ralph missed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ping, I thought they did a great job with the track. I liked it. Um, like I said earlier, I thought that they – I was scared of a short lap time, shorter floor and everything else because I knew Petco was uh, a tighter baseball field than, than a lot of a lot of stadiums. They really had to wedge that thing in downtown. Um, but the track was pretty good. I thought it was it was interesting. What did you think? I, I, I actually liked the layout when I walked it, but – the racing didn't turn out to be very good. I don't know if that was a, as a result of the track or just mm-hmm. what, but yeah, I yeah. thought all, racing all night long was snooze fest. Kinda, yeah. The, the, the fifty main event. I mean, obviously, rocks and catching Trey catching them, passing them, and then rocks and catching up. There were some tense moments, but you know, it never got into some great epic. Nobody's going to confuse that for Anaheim '86. No, any, anytime soon. And I, I don't know if that was the track or it was just. Yeah, I, I think there were some really technical aspects of it, and that that can inhibit good racing once in a while because you're so mm-hmm. focused on just not dying on the triple, triple, triple. Um, but right. I don't know. What do you think about that, JT? you think it was the track or was it just a – it just never happened. Guys just kind of spread out and that's what it was. I just thought there was too many too many 90s and, and maybe a little bit more, you know, maybe like 110s or 120s as far as degrees of angle. But there just wasn't enough 
like the straightaways would always go if there was a long straight it would be a 90 at the end so you couldn't really do anything you know it was just too yeah. tough to pass you know even at track walk i was just like even honestly before that when i looked at the track map i was like oh man i, I was just bummed out because i knew all the sections you just weren't gonna be able to do anything there was just no yeah. way to get next to someone there was leading into the the 180s you could there was no way to get next to them and then the areas where you could get next to someone like the at the end of that very long rhythm section it was a 90 so as long as you protected yourself on the you know then you couldn't there was nothing anybody could do so i think it was you, I, you know just the track design i think more than anything stopped it because realistically that's probably the best traction we've had so far so you would think that passing would be a little bit easier because people can make lines work but the track design just kind of prohibited that did you guys have to notice, I, I always get bummed out when I walk the track and see their tough block placement. Like, oh, here we go again. They push them so <laughs> oh, deep into the turn. Yeah, no. no, no, no. Listen, so you know the turn where you were, I was said, man, this sucks. This needs to be in another yeah. 10 feet. Mm-hmm. And you started kicking one around and kind of half-assed moved it a little bit. Yeah. Did you notice they took a tough block out for the night show? No. no. That was Mathis. No. You think they did that? They really did? It was gone. I'm telling you, there was one less tough block on either side. They brought it in. So are we? Tra- I don't know if it was. It was are we trendsetters? I don't know, but I, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. <laughs> they 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 try to like make it so guys can't come in and and really block somebody. You know, like have a, a right. an angle where they're somebody's exiting the turn when you hit them. But you need that, like <sighs> racing that tight, man. You got to open it up so guys can get in and do their business. I uh yeah we you were complaining about it so I started pulling the tough blocks back in and then nobody was joining me to help me. You guys were all just standing there. <laughs> I like my access to the my, races. Yeah, I didn't want to get my ticket pulled. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, I, the whoop section was a prime example of to make the whoops tough and gnarly, and you had the one eighty and everything else. And for some reason, JT, they put that little flat tabletop in the middle. Like, what are you guys doing? Why'd they do that? Uh, I don't know. They they've done that, you know. Oh off yeah. And on no, I know. Years but, and years. But why? I don't think it's. I don't think it's very strategic. They're like, oh yeah, well this will really throw a wrench in things. Why? I think they're just trying to mix things up. Really why? But bad. a long yeah. tough whoop section is is tough. I completely I'd... agree. I, if if I had my choice, I wouldn't have had that in there. But I think for them, they're just trying to add uniqueness to the track. And whether good or bad, that's their thought process. So, mm, okay. Well, I think it would have been better. I, I am on the same page with you that it would have been better racing without that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, paying the racing got better for paying just from more drinks consumed. So that's, that's all that took, <laughs> but Hey, uh, let's get to the racing a little bit. Uh, I want to ask ping, you, you know, you're practically a doctor here. Um, and, and also too, you've raced supercross a time or two. Cooper Webb goes down in practice bad. Like, may have broken something bad, comes out for the heat, doesn't ride the third practice, comes out for the heat, looks just okay, and I'm immediately happy that I slotted him into third on my Moto Dynasty fantasy picks. I was thinking I should have gone lower based on the heat race. Then he comes out in the main and rides a hell of a race to win the thing. What do you think? Why was he so much better in the main event than he was in the heat race. That was kind of weird. Well, I don't know what, you know, what they were doing um, between the heat and the main and, and prior to the heat, but I think a lot of it's adrenaline. Um, that'll, that'll mask a lot of pain. 
mm-hmm. you could ride around with a broken bone if, if it's in the moment and you don't even really realize it. So I think that was some of it. And I mean, bottom line, the kid just gutted it out. You know, he knew his title was on the line and, uh, yeah. and, uh, I see it as riding. He's not, he's not going to get told no. So I, I was, I mean, it was super impressive. And I thought for me, I'm watching going, okay, just when he was in second behind Bowers, right? like he just needs to lay up, you know, don't try to go around Bowers. Then Bowers is going to plow you. Like don't even yeah. get a second, protect yourself. You know what I mean? You'll still have a nice points lead. Mm-hmm. And he went for the pass and checked out and yeah, it was impressive. Uh, Weege, I would have bet a lot of money that Bowers was going to win the race. I really, really believe that. Uh, that was quite a uh, a fade. I think that was really it. Nobody got to talk to him after. We got to talk to him after. That thought, you know, happened. Yeah, uh, right before we started recording this, recording this, all for trying to figure out what was the deal. Was it Cooper going after him, or was it Bowers going backwards? Because the first half of the race, it was over, especially because – okay, it's the last race before the break, right? So if you're Webb and you're that torn up, you're just thinking, dude, just take second or just take third or just take fifth. I just need points. I got eight weeks to heal. Who even cares? And Bowers knows how to win races. He's got probably more experience, honestly, than anyone in this class as far as just being out front and knowing what to do. So that's the last thing I expected to happen. So, and then, JT, I think you went over some of the lap times. Like, something was wrong with Bowers. Something happened. I don't even know if Webb went after him more than just he had no choice because Bowers just started going slow. It's really weird. Yeah, I would almost, uh, you, know, I, you know, I wasn't a part of the team or anything, but I would almost guarantee that it was an arm pump deal because he just lost all his aggression. And when those guys came to pass him or caught him, he wanted nothing to do with fighting them. And that's just such, you know, the quintessential look of arm pump mm-hmm. uh, when you can't even hold on. You're just trying to get to the checkered flag. You don't want to fight anyone because you can't hold on. Uh, I don't know why he would get arm pump because he had to be confident with Webb's injury, but yeah. a lot of times there's not really a, a clear cut reason you pump up. It just happens sometimes, but uh, that was the easy thing to spot for me was he just looked like he pumped up and was salvaging what he could. Well, I have certain, someone had said he'd been sick earlier. Uh, you know, the, uh, to me, it was either arm pump or it was just he looked fatigued. And okay. arm, yeah, arm it, pump that, can that make, make you look too. that way. But uh, it was either he just hit a wall, like maybe he was not over his sickness, hasn't been able to train. I don't know. It was either arm pump or he just anchored. Yeah, I, I could do Yeah, I mean, I you could see it in his style. It was like, whoa, what is going on? And he just and had no you could see it in his lap time. Hours. Yeah, we've seen Bowers fight back. If he, you know, when those guys got to him, yeah. if he had anything, he would have gotten aggressive, and he just wanted nothing to do with that. Yeah, it it, uh, it was surprising for sure. But great job by Webb, and uh, yeah, this he's, he's got this thing on lock. And now, whatever injuries he's dealing with, he has a two month break to uh, to deal with it. Hey, Ping. Yeah, um, the, oh, go, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I was just going to add with Webb and the heat. I, I felt like he was honestly just trying to figure out if, what he could get away with. Because I don't mm-hmm. think he really knew at that point. Right. Uh, whatever injury he had, I think it was a big question mark for even him. You know, how hard can I ride? Mm-hmm. If I take a big hit here, or I jump too hard into a turn or overjump anything, is it going to be hurt so bad that I have to pull off? Mm-hmm. But I think he was really just trying to feel it out. And then once he got going in that main event and, and kind of got into a groove, he's like, oh, well, I can kind of do whatever I need to do here. And then yeah. he just took off and his confidence started growing. Yeah, he started triple. He kind of turned into the guy he normally is. 
I've had it go both ways, JT. Maybe, maybe you can speak to this too. Like where I had a crash and I, I thought, man, I'm hurt. I can't ride. I'm whatever the heck it was, you know, shoulder or something. And then you try and you got there and it's like, oh, it doesn't really hurt. I'm okay. Where I've had other ones where I'm like, I think I'm okay. I think I'm good. It doesn't hurt. And then for whatever reason, it's just the injury is to a structural component in the joint or joint or something. It's tugging on it, you know, and it, it, it just kills you. Um, I think for him, he probably was really sore, but there isn't anything structurally wrong. So once he got some adrenaline going and got out there, it was okay. Like, and mm-hmm. like you're saying, he was feeling it out and went, okay, I'm all right. You know, I can, I can ride like this. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Great that I he think, wasn't hurt because watching that crash, I thought, oh my god, oh it was bad. That looked oh, like a neck. Like, oh. <laughs> that's that's a shoulder. That's a neck. That's a head. Like oh. an Al, in Al Michaels terms. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and how about Aldrich? He can't avoid crashes even <laughs> to the point where he's just chilling. <laughs> <on the track. laughs> oh, Poor guy. I know. It's just like, oh, I'm just resting. All of a sudden, boom! A Yamaha takes he him down. He did not crash in the main event, though. He no crash. He didn't. Um, but he did go down. Yeah, of course, he got collected. Um, Ping, I don't know. You can talk a little bit more about this, but uh, this Troy Lee team, I mean, they, they just – Cole Seeley's on a fun bike Suzuki, and they, they find this kid with Wardy's help, of course, and, and you were there then, and turn him into this great big race winner, and now this Cole Seeley's on fire. And they got Jesse Nelson, who looks like he's going to be a title threat next year. He's won races this year. He won a national moto last year. Now they got this McElrath kid who they basically, like we just told a story about plucking him out of Loretta Lynn's and how he's never been on an airplane before. And he's won three heats this year, and now he gets second in a great ride in uh, San Diego. And this TLD team, they're just, man, they're, they just, they're, they're, it's a cool vibe, a great team, great bikes, and uh, they're really turning, they really got an eye over there to turn these kids into something. Like McElrath looks, looks great. Yeah, you know, it's funny with Troy. I, I sometimes feel like he, he's such a goofball that he kind of forced Gumps his way into success. You know, like there's no no clear-cut plan or whatever. Just he kind of good things happen to him and stuff. But he really has this premise where he just surrounds himself with the best companies, the best people. You know, there was times when I was running that team and I was like, hey, man, this company wants to give us like way more money. Um, what do you think? And he was like, no, no, their stuff's just not as good. We're going to stay with this. You know, he, it was like mm-hmm. Honda. He thought that was the best brand at the time. So that's what he wanted. He wanted Oakley. He wanted Alpine stars. He had like, I'm not varying from these. Even if they don't pay us, that's the best stuff. I'm going to be involved with the best. Mm-hmm. And I think he kind of carries that through, you know, in, in all of the stuff with that team. It's like, he found the best engine builders. He found, okay, who's the best suspension guy at show. Let's, let's go get that guy. Let's, you know. Yeah. And so, um, that that just breeds success, you know, over time. And, and they've got great guys on the team. Now they have unreal support from KTM. Those guys are so good to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, an amazing bike that they've developed. And it's just a good, a good yeah. deal over there, you know, bottom line. So they've got, now they've got KTM kind of helping feed in more kids from the amateur level. So I don't think there's, you're going to see that stop anytime soon. They've got a couple kids, Alex, Alex Fry. I don't, I don't really know the amateur kids that well, but there's a couple coming in. They got, uh, they're supposed to be Sean Cantrell really too. Good. Yeah. Sean Cantrell, Sean Cantrell. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we, I did talk to McElrath after the race. Finally. How did you know it was him? He was in his gear still. So it was perfect. Yeah. We had to be relieved. We have his, we jo- noticed yeah. That the, the guys on the team, uh, this happens to a lot of teams. 
multiple staffers and riders on teams often look the same. How does that happen? I've gone up to interview guys that I thought was McElrath, and I've backed out Ping because I'm like, that's not him. That's not him. You know what I mean? Because there's like two guys that kind of look like McElrath over there. And, I mean, I wish these guys would have something to say, not Shane McElrath or whatever. So I've never interviewed McElrath. You know. The guy who builds the engines looks kind of like him. Thank you. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, you, know you should know what he looks like, him, though. I talked to him after the race for a minute, and it was funny listening to him. I said, I was congratulated him. You know, I was pumped for him to get his first podium. And I said, he goes, man, I know it was good, but, oh, man, I just, now I want to win, you know. And I said, dude, I thought you might make a run out of it. I said, thinking Cooper was hurt, he wouldn't mm-hmm. want to really fight for it if you got in there and ran it on him a little bit. Like, I know, but I just I thought the same thing. Was, I didn't want to throw away a second, you know. Yeah. And I remember the the first time, first couple of times when you're up in that position, you want to charge to try to get a win, but then you're like, oh, a second's pretty good, you know. <laughs> I want to be able to be on the podium and free champagne. Yeah. Um, hey, look, it's funny to see a guy in that position for the first time. Three heat race Not to wins. mention fifteen or twenty grand or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, right. Three heat race wins is no joke. Like, good job by him, no doubt. Um, and and uh, Weege, uh, Hanny had his best ride of the year. Why? Hanny was on fire all day. So talented. He's so talented. He's so, so talented, talented dude. <laughs> so, so talented. Ah, oh. um, it was beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. But he did have his um, best ride all day. Every all day he did all day. He had his best ride all day. All day. I mean, like I'm, you know what I mean in practice and everything. He was always on the board you know, or right up there. I think with him, uh, maybe we've seen how, obviously, he hadn't raced in a long time. And he said, you know, he was training for the first time in his life for the fifth time. I think he was actually going to train for the first time for the fourth or fifth time in his career um, to keep me track. But um, I think, clearly, it took some time for him to get in the racing mode, I think. We saw a few good laps in him in Anaheim 1, and then hasn't been much since, so... You know, he might be better after the break. I think you take two or three years off. You're not just going to show up at the first three rounds and kill it, even if you're him. But, man, can he ride. Um, hey, Ping, did, did Jesse Nelson take any of your advice from track walk? You, you you were there helping him out or at least talking about the track? Did he? No, I didn't talk to him again throughout the day. I was just picking his brain because oh, okay. he had ridden press day. But right. Um, uh, clearly he didn't or he would have been up on the box probably, right? No. I mean, <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I didn't uh, – <laughs> I didn't watch the race yet. Uh, I, I did a, you know, a real radio show this morning, and then got in late. Um, but uh, did Justin Hill's accident get covered? No. So nobody saw. Nobody knows. He got his foot. KTM tweeted that he got his foot caught in a bike. And... I did talk to him. I actually did see him. The oh. riders you could find were ones that didn't race. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, he was on crutches, and his foot was all wrapped up. He said they did x-rays, and they said nothing was broken, and he honestly doesn't believe it. He's like, you know, I've broken enough stuff to know something's wrong. So i got to ask well, my eyes. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that asterisk x-ray machine's not yeah. – they do a great job, don't get me wrong, but it's not the most detailed x-ray machine ever to. So uh, I think that, that happens sometimes. You know, you know it, they do a great job. Well, it's just – you go in, especially in a bone like the like the foot, where you've got all these little bones and stuff. It's a little portable X-ray right. machine. They can only be so yeah, exactly. good. I wasn't trying to put down. It's just you know that's what they can have on site. So. Um, yeah, we need it. Ping, ping. Yeah, you should have went. He got down. ran over by yeah. McElrath's wheel went over him out coming out of the gate. And he actually, oh. 
I don't know if you could see that much on TV, but you could see, I just saw one of the TLD bikes just get fucked. And I was like, what happened? Did they hook bars? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently that was him running over uh, Hill's leg. Oh, okay. Out of the gate or out of the first turn? No, it was like halfway down the start straight. And somehow McElrath got a good start. <laughs> huh. Those KTMs get traction on other guys' boots. They hook up. Yeah, he said he couldn't believe that uh, McElrath didn't go down. But you know how that is sometimes. Just pin it. And the bike goes straight. Hey, has anybody on this call ever crashed, almost been lapped, got gets got up and like was right in front of the leaders and, and you were fine to race like Mookie was last night? And how weird is that for Bowers, the leader, or Mookie, the, the lapper? Like you're kinda like, Hey bro, I'm winning. I want the glory. Get out of the way. Like I'm getting no, roosted. <laughs> no. Whenever I'm getting lapped it's Really quickly and over. <laughs> I've, I've had it happen before where um, I had the speed to run up front, but I had either a first turn crash or something. Mm-hmm. And, the la- and the leaders come by and I jump in with them. And in fact, at the Nationals, I used to use that to my advantage and try to pretend I was in that lead pack. Because <laughs> then people in the back are pulling over, you know, and you can actually make up some ground. Because right. they think you're in the lead group. Nice move. So you were able to pull that off. They would just laugh. Like, yeah, right. You're definitely laughing. <laughs> Not you, JT. Stay back there. R- Ricky, Wyndham, Timmy, Chad. Oh, wait. No, no. Not you. No, no. <laughs> um, JT, being uh, shorter in stature here. Uh, when why's that got to be? Why's that got to come When Alex Martin, Zach Osborne, and Zach Bell were dueling it out, did it bring a tear to your eye? Who's... No. Who's the no, wait, wait, some kind of like? Do I think like short men unite or something? I don't like? know, but I found it funny that they all found each other. And Martin's riding great. Like I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but there, you know, a big number of racers are no. not real tall. Nobody's shorter than Martin or Bell. I, I would argue that right now. I saw Will Hahn and chatted with him for a minute, and maybe it's just because he's been hurt, not doing much. He looks so little, just teeny tiny little guy. You think I he's wanted to put him in my pocket and take him up in the stands with me? You think he's aging? He's getting like an old man. He's just like little. He's like Benjamin Button, right? <laughs> How do you hold on to that bike, bro? Um, Martin's riding good, Weege. Like he's legit. Yeah, he's got to be one of the most improved. I mean, when a guy's what is it, his seventh year or something like that? Right. He's so much better than he's been before in Supercross, and. He's raced east a lot. Like this is this is the second figure, one of the toughest fields he's raced against. Mm-hmm. Like they get a fifth mm-hmm. against these guys, he's probably beating guys that he's beating guys that are much better to get a fifth than he couldn't beat to get like ninth yeah. years ago. You know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm really really impressed. He uh, it's the second time. Know, that team maybe is there? Um, do you think his equipment or something or that team's equipment? It's really hard to figure out where that team slots in as they're like a. Not quite factory, not quite privateer. Is that part of it? Well, you know what? I mean, I'm just going to say it. Martin's still on a Yamaha like he's always been. He's still wearing fly gear like he's always been. But he did switch his goggle this year. And maybe he's seeing things clearer, you know, just putting that out there. Maybe I'll Instagram that and, you know. No, you won't. See how that goes. Um, I don't think that will go over well. Um, But, uh, uh. Yeah, you know, they're no their their support weege is better than ever. They they had they had JGR doing their motors and suspension last year and I think they were happy. But this year they went with a GYTR motor 
and an Enzo suspension package. And I think everybody, even the dearly departed Ben LeMay, who we can talk about in a second, uh, everyone's happier with that setup with their bikes. Like, they're, they're very stoked on their bikes right now. And yeah, that's got to be part of it. I've been be. hearing teeny tiny little bit of buzz about this Reslin kid coming out next week. Rookie Supercrosser. So, we'll see. Mm. Yeah. He, but, um, he, had a, he has a, apparently an unbelievable Supercross track. Yeah, he's got some property in Florida. And uh, it really surprises me that like a lot of these guys who know they're going to be pro Supercross riders, like nowadays, there are dudes that know pretty assured three or four years in advance. And then it's like, they've never ridden a Supercross track ever mm-hmm. until like October before they race pro. It seems weird right. to me. But I guess Renslin, I think, has been riding one for years. So maybe that's part of it. Pink, pink. I don't know that that's so much true anymore with this, the Monster Cup and the way the All-Stars program works there and stuff. I think that's helped change it. Ping used to go to Richie, uh, Richie Canyon to practice supercars back in the day. Sweet. <laughs> some hill jumps. There's this, uh, there's this little track. It's off the side of the 60 freeway in this janky little town up here. And uh, I like towards Yukaipa. And someone had just come up out there and build it with like a little front loader. And that was like our test track. <laughs> I could sneak onto McGrath's track with him once in a while. Like Randy Lawrence would, you know. Mm-hmm. Hey man, can please can we just come out and ride a few laps? <laughs> that was it. Oh, I broke into the Honda track a little bit. Oh, you did? It would be dry. Yeah, you still to break in there pretty easy. How, how about just what? Go for it. You would just be riding. No one even knew you were there. Break in, dude. This just yeah. How about Nick so Way? You just plow into the gate and it would pop open. I don't know what kind of little janky system they had back. <laughs> That's then, called but. breaking and entering. <laughs> how about a few? Well, you know, when you're a privateer, you don't really sweat those things. A little B and E. David Pingree on the B&E Suzuki. Uh, a few years back, Nick Way on the MDK team would jump in and out of the Honda track over the fence. Oh, yeah. Lots of people that used to do that. That's insane. They would, you would hit was, to jump out. That was out. a J-Law move. Yeah, yeah J-Law did it too. Yeah. yeah. And, and you would hit the, uh, you'd hit the berm to jump out. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I remember. That's one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Yeah. A bunch of guys That's were doing real. it. And and one one time, uh, Nick Way was like uh, to Kehoe. He was pretty sure the Kehoe knew what he was doing, but he wasn't sure, so he didn't want to give himself away. So he was like, "Hey, Eric, uh, this is Eric was managing Honda, of course. Hey, Eric, uh, you know, uh, some guys can get into that your track. I've heard that some guys can get into your track." And, and Eric's like, "Oh, really?" And Nick was just like, "Yeah, like I just heard some things about people getting onto the track, and like maybe th- maybe they're watering it a little bit, and, and maybe they." Maybe they owe you some money for water, do you think? And Keo's just like looking at him. He's like, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice if those guys would pay us for some water. And Nick was like, okay, I'll tell those guys. I'll get to that. And then <laughs> and then like, had to, then like kind of gave him some money or something. And then Keo was like, okay, don't do that anymore. So He would run the water when he got in there? Yeah, apparently. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> you got to get a good, wow. good ride in that, That's a whole other level of B&E. <laughs> I'm sure J-Law – Chipped in too. I have no doubt. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this title, this two fifty West title, this is Cooper's all day long thirty one point lead right now. As somebody said, I didn't check the points, but thirty one point lead. So um, um, I had somebody tell me, um, Weege, that Cooper Webb in both classes is the biggest surprise of the year. Do you agree? 
Um, I think I said that. Wasn't that me? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It could have been. Could have been ping after. It was few, you. Could have been ping after no, a few podcasts. Yeah, it, it was Wigan. Yeah, you said he was. You said he was crazy. I expect to be good, but not this good. This is like transcendent good. This is like holy shit balls good. Yeah. Like, I'm not at all taking away from the guy. Like I knew he was talented. I knew he was fast, but he he actually said last week that his goal he's become buddies with Tedesco, and Tedesco won the title one year, winning all but one race. They said that's his goal now. Like, there's no way anyone was thinking, yeah, I could see Webb winning all but one race this year. That was not in the cards. He was one of the favorites, one of the contenders. But winning seven out of eight and the way he's done it, you know, coming from 10th to do it, like, this is crazy. Well, he's, won, he's, he's lost two races. He lost the first one to Nelson and Mookie. So, that, uh, that, I would say, I would say McElrath's been the biggest surprise. I think yeah, I would probably go with Shane too. I, 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 if you look at the guys he's racing against and look at how he did with compared to them in the Nationals and where the way he ended Supercross last year, I mean, you could kind of, you kind of say, well, he he should be beating these guys really. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, what about Plessinger? What about Plessinger? I mean, he didn't have a great San Diego. It was his worst race of the year in terms of uh, moving on up. But Plessinger got a podium. Well, already? I, I think before Anaheim three, you know, he's gone. 12, and I don't know we got it last night, but before that, I would have agreed with you. 14, sure, yeah, 14. It's been a rough couple weeks. Right. Um, all right, anything else on 250 class before we move to 450s? Sports.com Racer X podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Listen to this commercial from Racetech. Save yourself big money at Racetech, and we'll be right back uh, with David Pingree, Jason Thomas, and Jason Wygant. Thanks for listening to these podcasts, everybody. I appreciate it. This is Mathis. Hey, did you guys know that chances are the bike that's in your garage needs some sort of suspension work? I guarantee you, 74.3% of you listening to this either need your suspension oil changed, you need to get proper springs for your size or speed, or you need your bushings or your bushings are worn out, or something is going on with your suspension. Don't neglect your suspension. Enjoy your ride. And the best way to do that is by sending it to the folks at Racetech, Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket uh, suspension mod company. They've been doing this stuff since for 30 years, people. They've been uh, in business. Of course, they've worked with some of the world's best riders. Right now, they're each setup and product is 100% guaranteed. They're made in the USA. Vince Freeze uses Racetech suspension to get third overall in uh, last year's 250 E-Series. Cody Gilmore, Jimmy Dakotas, they're all on uh, Racetech suspension. It's privateer proven. They've offered a full line of Racetech high-performance springs. They're high performance because they're extremely lightweight for the rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. Pulp MX 15 saves you 20% at Racetech. Racetech.com. Vintage stuff also available. Anything to do with suspension, these guys can do it. Trust me, tune up your ride. You need it because you know it's been sitting in the garage. You haven't serviced it for a long time. Just do it. Use the code. Save yourself money. Thanks to Racetech for supporting all these podcasts. Do it. Racetech. Do it. And we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing 450 class. Now let's move on to that. Um, I thought it was pretty – what was more impressive, Wygant? Um, Trey Kennard catching, passing Kenny Roxon and holding off Roxon's furious charge or Tomac's rip up from 15th to on the fender of Reed. I couldn't even come up with what you were going to give for the or. 
Like, to me, Canard's performance to win was yeah. so good, I didn't even know what the or could be. Nah, so I, str- I struggle. voting for the guy that won the race. I struggle a bit with the or. I just wanted to throw that in yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, but, no, no doubt. I couldn't believe that Tomac. I'm like, boy, when this race is over, you're going to look at the points and be like, oh, Tomac was good, but that, that group is close. First through fifth, they get shuffled every week. You would never know that it was about to be a disaster of a race. So good for Tomac. But come on, man. That was awesome by Kennard. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. And, and it's impressive that uh, – um, he was able to, you know, get through the lappers fast, withstand the charges from Roxon. Roxon made a couple of runs at him. At one point, I thought Roxon even got next to him or close to him um, or by him and uh, in, the, in the second turn. But um, that's that's hard to do, Ping, when someone's on you like that and you got to get through the lappers and everything and be the first guy, right? Uh, it's It's incredibly hard, and that track was – um, so technical, like those rhythm lanes, you had to hit them just perfect. And I, in the entire race, I saw him make one mistake. It was after the finish line turn. He kind of spun the back end around a little bit and he collected it right away, but he lost maybe a second or so to rocks and past that. It was literally like flawless, you know, mm-hmm. he passed around rocks and just, it was, I was, I watched that guy ride and it's so effortless and, and, he makes it look so easy. I was man. I wanted to like light a candle and write a haiku. I don't know. It, I love watching that guy ride. Well, that's amazing. That's Ralph, f- Ralph wanted to light a candle too. Um, well, I, like, only if it was candles. Only if it was convenient for Ralph would he light a candle. Only if it was convenient. Yeah, only if it fell brought it to him and gave him a lighter. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe had someone to clock the wax. Um, I don't know, Ping. Like I sometimes watch Kennard with one eye closed. Like he's he's. Like last night, not so much, but sometimes he he's on the edge, man. Like well, he goes for it. Even even last yeah. night, I noticed maybe it was the heat race. He was racing with somebody, and he he rides so close. If he's behind somebody, he rides <laughs> so close to him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I I can't tell you how sketchy that is, JT. You could back me up here, like, and this is probably why he's so good at passing people because if you're right, just on their ass and they make a bobble or you see an opening, you dart right to it and you're there. But if you leave a little bit of cushion where like I always, I had a bad habit of that. I'd leave a little room. Cause I'm like, if this asshole cases something <laughs> or does something squirrely, I'm going to land on him and I'm going to get hurt. Right. So I would always kind of leave a little cushion or kind of be off to the side. Trace like literally on top of the guy in front of him. And uh, I think it was Reed. I would have to go back and watch the heat. Whoever he was behind in the heat, he was just, it was uh, Rockton. It was Rockton. He spent like three laps. Yeah, right. Like you couldn't have oh. been more on his rear fender for like three laps. I was like, dude, the track doesn't give you any room to pass, but he's trying everything. Do you guys he's yeah. just he's he's literally he's he's so close. He's probably not even going to be roosted. Like his front tire is blocking the roost. It's so close. It's really <laughs> sketchy. But I know what you're saying. He he definitely pushes. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe he could be more patient, but I don't know. How do you argue that with a guy who just goes out and wins like he just did? So, do you guys remember you know, going back to two fifties? Sorry, sorry. Hold on. I'm the, I'm I'm the guy with the podcast equipment. Let me speak. Oh, okay. sorry. You go. You're <laughs> real radio show today. He's all popped up. I'm kidding. Do you guys going back to two fifties? Did you guys see McElrath on the long rhythm section on the far right? He, I swear, he took off. Went to the right over the bales, somehow corrected and landed with two inches to spare to the tough box, getting around a guy. When he passed Bowers, yeah, that was, that was when he passed Bowers. Was that when he passed Bowers? Okay, yeah, insane. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, like I thought he was just gonna die, and he he did well, it, man. I think 
team could probably vouch for this too. Supercross is a game of inches so often. The the margin of error between you just completely destroying yourself into the hay bales and you pulling off like the perfect line through the whoops yeah. is it's literally five inches. It's it's crazy how close it is. So for Smackerath, he was probably like, oh yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah. But we're all just like, oh my god, that was you know like yeah. jumping out of our seat. And I, I think it's a lot of time it's the same for Trey because I don't know that he's that scared, but I, I'm plenty scared for him. So there's definitely fear there. It's just maybe I'm projecting it onto him. But he's certainly not scared to just ride right up their tailpipe. And I, I was very you, much like, I was overly cautious. I just could not do that. Do you notice that TJT, he just rides oh. all over somebody? Yeah, I so, can't so do it. So even that I'm thing with Reed, like, it's like when he, he's so close that when Chad changed lines and went to the inside – it's over. They're going down because he, you don't even have time to react. You know, I mean, that's that's just how Trey rides, saw, and that's why he can pass yeah, guys. I saw that happen a lot last last night. Uh, Millsaps when he was passing uh, short in the heat race. Uh, Mookie tried to do that in uh, the main event, the first lap, and ended up crashing because mm-hmm. of it. So we kind of got a a few different looks at how it turns out, both good and bad. But I know yeah. for me, I was just way too scared to, to pull from them. I, I just knew of the consequences, and I'm like, yep, if I do this for too long, it's not a matter of when, it's if, or if not yeah. when, whatever. Right. You're gonna be- I would do like they- a lap or two behind a guy and then go, okay, I'm faster in this one spot. So I would time it out. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up real close about two or three turns before and then try to make my move in this one spot. You know, like right. I was real strategic about it. And you know, result, you know where if I got a bad start, it took me – 30 minutes plus two laps to pass five guys, you know. <laughs> yeah. You can look well, at my I mean, you know, you know where that. passes are possible and where they're not for, for most guys. So, yeah, it's more, it's more just staying on their, you know, staying close to them, going as fast as you can as far as your lap time, and then just getting right there whenever you, you're coming into the turn. Like, say, after the whoops where, unfortunately, Short kept getting passed there, uh, but they would just follow, 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 and then they would follow him through the whoops and then just bust a right towards coming out of the exiting them and then block them in the turn. You know, it was just yeah. a very strategic move, as Ping was saying. Uh, but Kennard just doesn't care. He's just like, I will follow your wheel all the way around. And if you screw up, you know, 1%, right. we're both, we're both going to die. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. we... Let me ask you guys another one. Let me ask you guys another one. Like, um, this always blows my mind when guys do this. Like, any whoop section, even the easier ones, like this one wasn't super treacherous, but at times you see the back end swapped maybe six inches here and there. Now, the way this whoop section was, you know, it came out of home plate and there was like a funky like rut, and they wouldn't always nail the corner right in front of it. Trey was a little bit wide in the whoops anyway, but there were like two or three laps where he didn't hit the rut quite right, and I'm like, okay, now he is three inches from the tough block. Is he aware, like, I need to make extra sure the bike doesn't swap those six inches. Like, when that happens, do you ride the whoops differently because you know you've given yourself no room for error or are you just rolling the dice now that you're this close? Well, don't ask me. If you want to see how I am in those moments, go back to uh, Anaheim 96, uh, me trying to pass James Dobb in those whoops. You remember that, Mathis? We did that uh, classic commentary. <laughs> yeah, and then Chanel called and wanted to beat you up. After watching it, so good job, good job on that. But yeah, I tried to squeeze between Jamie Dobb and Hayville, which was about a 
I don't know, maybe 16 inches wide. And I tried to sneak through there with my Kawasaki 125. <laughs> yeah, and no. it ended with hay bales and assholes and elbows just everywhere. <laughs> so, um, Hey, how much uh, blame of the blame pie? We've got a blame pie here. Um, I, does Nick Way deserve for Kenny Roxon? I mean, there's no doubt he got in the way. We're all buddies with Nick. I, don't, I look at it like, hey, it did cost Kenny uh, a second. But he got that right back, and there's plenty other spots in the way. But people get pissed, and, and again, both of you have been lapped. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, it's one of those things, right? We're not. Are we mad? We're not mad. Anybody mad besides Ping about the, the switch? I'm definitely not mad. Okay, Ping, are you mad? No, I'm not mad, but I, I feel like, um, to me, if you're doing your thing and the leader comes by and you didn't know it was the leader – you can be like, oh, oh, man, sorry, and then you get out of the way. But then you know second and third are coming. Like, he was aware. He should have been aware that, okay, the leader just passed me. So that means probably there's – I need to have a – at least be conscious that there's someone probably coming at me. And he held the main line for just a little a little too long where I was kind of like, oh, Nick, watch out, bud. You know what I mean? If you're a Rick Ken Roxon fan, you're your mother effing Nick way today. But I, I kind of felt like I don't think it was the end of the world either. Of, I think it wasn't that much time that he lost. So yeah. JT, go I ahead. I feel like Nick yeah. gave him the left side. He just, you know, just the way it worked out. Like Kenny tried to go to the right, but I think Nick is thinking, okay, well, you know, the main line, these guys are going to go left. That way, they set themselves up for the turn. And I think, obviously, you know, I understand Kenny being mad. I would probably be be mad if I was Kenny. But I, I really do think Nick tried to stay middle to give Kenny the left side, but he didn't realize Kenny was on the right, so then that kind of even squeezed Kenny more to the right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of unfortunate circumstances. I really don't think he was trying. I honestly think he was trying to kind of stay out of the, of the line where he thought that Kenny would be. Mm-hmm. But it just um, didn't plan, pan out that way. Weege, are you mad? No, I'm good. Okay. I'm good. Um, I don't, my paycheck's not affected by either way or Rockton. But it's funny. Hey, we saw the other end. Uh, we were leaving the pitch really late because we were trying to track down riders. And Mathis and I see Jimmy Albertson pretty much sitting by himself in the middle of a parking lot. On a, on a cooler. cooler sitting, sitting there. <laughs> this is yeah. really weird. He said it wasn't his cooler either. It wasn't his cooler. He was just sitting on it. Yeah. And then, he, I mean, he uh, almost looked like a homeless person. One of the homeless yeah. people. Yeah. He was, was he mainlining heroin? heroin? <laughs> Maybe it was Jimmy. Yeah. Was that him? <laughs> He's trying to be lean this year. I'm trying to lean out. Uh, and he, he got said a it was really funny to see the other side of that. He said he actually, he and Way were, I think, close for a lot of the main event. They finished 17th and 18th. And he said Way did a better job when they were starting to get lapped than he did. And yeah. Way beat him. So you do see how, how there's two sides to how uh, the lappers work. Um, and, um, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird to see Jimmy sitting on a cooler by himself at uh, one o'clock in the morning, um, and also yeah. too, Weege, uh, when we attempted to get Kenny Roxon's side of the story, uh, only one of us oh, no. was really allowed. was oh. was wasn't that uh, wasn't that true? <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> we, we talked to Steve Aspen, who's Roxon's agent, and uh, and Gina, who does PR for RCH, and we're like, mm-hmm. can we please, can we please talk to Kenny? We we didn't get him down on the floor. We'd like to talk to him at the race, and she said, "Well, hold on a second. You said well, that. You you said that. that. You said that. I yeah. wasn't that concerned, well, right? Well, but still, there were three of us there that wanted yep. to interview him, so I was yep. speaking for the group. 
And she said, well, uh, my list says Feld and Mathis are the only people that can permission to talk to Kenny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I have hit the big <laughs> time. The first time Feld and Mathis have been in the same category on anything. <laughs> Feld and Mathis. That is the people who can speak to Kenny Roxon. So please, everybody, yeah. remember that. And I think I've known Gina for about 10 years now. She worked for Toyota forever. I'm standing there wearing a, a shirt with a racetrack shield on it with my credential that says who I work for. And she's like, and what are you interviewing him for? And I'm like, are you kidding me? Feld. Feld and Mathis. Yep. <laughs> yeah, did you tell her you were with uh, NASCAR today? This is for wind tunnel. Uh, we, got, yeah. we got Waltrip on the line. We want Waltrip to ins- Yeah. Yep, you know. I'm going to get 30 minutes with Jimmy Johnson. That's the goal. Oh, you just wait. You just wait. It was yeah, again. You watch. It, it yeah, was again. It. it was again confirmed to me. So don't worry. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, hey, JT, you didn't like Tomac's move on Chad. And, and actually, we spoke to Chad after the race, too. That's one thing you can always count on, talking about riders uh, after the race. Chad is always available. He just hangs out. His motorhome is there. Fans are out there. If you want to see Chad Reed, folks, just go out there after a Supercross race. Unless, you know, black flags were thrown or whatever, because he, he will be hanging out with Burner. Um, but, uh, and, and, and Reed mentioned, too, yeah, I didn't know what Eli was kind of doing. Like, it was a little soon. Like, it wasn't really there for him. And I think he just kind of, you know, panicked a little bit, and, and, and he went down. He re- ruined a set of very expensive foot pegs, is what Chad said. So, uh, JT, you, didn't, you, you thought it was a little premature. Uh, I just thought it was the, you know, young side of Eli coming out, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, obviously he didn't go in there trying to take a chance on crashing. Of course not, yeah. But I kind of felt like he had the pass made and just got a little bit too aggressive. Like, he had the inside. Uh, I think even Chad was kind of like, yeah, I mean, he, you know, I knew he was there and there wasn't really much I could do at that point. So, and then, you know, Eli was, and Eli's what makes him so fast is his aggression level. You know, when you watch him ride, you're just like, holy cow, how does he do that? Mm-hmm. But he just, uh, I think just the, his youthfulness and his, his aggression, the downside of aggression kind of got him there and uh, cost him a chance at, you know, any kind of podium situation. Uh, and I, I was actually having a laugh with Chad today because I was just like, man, you know, these kids are so damn good. You know, they're just ridiculously talented and, and evolving the sport and their technique is just like, you know, like, how do you even do that? But then they make a move like that, and you're just like, yep, well, still a kid. You know, you mm-hmm. still still have so much to learn, even though as good as you are. It's just funny how you kind of get reminded of that sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I think one thing of being young is you you react out of emotion. Um, and in that turn before finish, Chad came in and, and blocked him pretty good. I don't know if he connected with him or not, but he, he stuffed Eli pretty good. And so you see, I mean, you could tell Eli's demeanor changed like immediately. And I was like, oh, right. no. I mean, right away you saw it. <laughs> oh, no. Coming in in for the kill that next turn. And I don't, I don't think he really hit him. At his back end, he just got on the throttle so hard, it lifted up and caught Chad's rear wheel. Right. And it like picked his whole back end of his bike up. But you're right. It was it was like, oh, you're going to do it to me? You, like you could just see his eyes light up. Yeah, like yeah. He wasn't having it. <laughs> coming back to get yeah. Chad back. Where yeah, it was just, just uh, the wisdom you know, of I can't get caught up in this right now. I got I have yeah. bigger fish to fry kind of thing. Um, and he'll grow out of that. That's just something you learn. Like, hey, you're not winning the race. I have to get to where they're winning right now. Uh, I don't have mm-hmm. time to deal with this. Kind of like Webb did, honestly. You know, as young as Webb is, 
Webb did that at Oakland. That's just how you, yeah. You know, and I've never won a race. It's it's easy for me to sit back and hold say on. That, you've won races. You've won races. I know, but I, I mean, I feel I've done this a long, long time, and I know how emotions can get the best of you. But you kind of have, if you want to get to the front, you can't get caught up into that. And a perfect example. I don't know if you, I know, Matt, that you haven't watched the race on TV yet, but uh, Jesse Nelson got into a situation with Austin Politelli in his main event where he was so worried about making a pass and making a stick and being aggressive with Paul Telly, it completely ruined his race. Mm-hmm. You just you can't do that. You know, Jesse Nelson is much, much better and and capable of much better finish than Austin Politelli is right now, but he got caught up in this battle, and it, it defined his race. You know, you just can't do that. Um, are we, JT, are we happy with Chad Reed's race, fourth? Are we... Uh, I mean, not thrilled. I, I was all right. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I, I, he kind of got gapped by the top three, which I'm sure he wasn't thrilled about, right. but wasn't terrible. Weej, uh, what do you think of Reed's move on his uh, teammate, Josh Grant, in his semi? I mean, dude, it, it, this just, again, shows how everyone just comes in with their own preconceived notions. Of course, on Twitter I heard, well, this just finally proves once for all what a douche chat is. I'm glad everybody got to see it. And also, or, or, obviously, there's no reason Chad would take his teammate out. That was an accident. So that was the two different opinions. Obviously, Chad was not trying to take his teammate out. That would make zero sense. It was a mistake. Come on. I, 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 heard, uh, I heard that he did a knack-knack after Chad. Chad won the, the semi. He did a knack-knack. And they were like, look, look how happy he is that he put Grant over the berm. He does a knack-knack to rub it in his face. Oh. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. God, real why? stupid people. That makes zero. What planet. could possibly be the reason he would do that? Right. I don't know, but I mean, they Chad told Chad said after the race they had a talk, and Grant wasn't wasn't pumped on the move for obvious reasons, but wasn't you know also wasn't mother effing Chad for it, you know. So, uh, well, what is he going to say? <laughs> I don't know. What is Grant going to say, to Chad? <laughs> I hate you. Like, what is he I mean, do you really, but realistically, if anyone with a brain, and I, I say that loosely because there are a lot of people that comment on things in this sport and what, and one way or another that don't have a brain, uh, why would he on earth want to, want to inhibit Josh Grant's race? There's no possible reason why he would want to screw up Josh Grant's race. This guy's, I mean, he's got a, no, uh, there is a reason. There's a reason. Up in Josh Grant. He doesn't want no. He doesn't want Josh to steal a spotlight. Yeah, he doesn't. That's a, that's a really asinine comment. <laughs> Look at JT already mad, just furious. No, it's just because I've seen it. It's not you. I know you're kidding, but people are just so stupid, and it's my fault for reading this nonsense. Mm-hmm. But it just was really like you were really that stupid. You really think that a guy who has put in hundreds of thousands, if not more, of dollars into one guy going out there racing? Yeah, he's going to be overly aggressive with that guy of all people. Like, come on. Uh, we saw him. Like, we you saw can't him. Be that stupid. We saw him go after Kennard ruthlessly, like a Terminator. We saw that. So maybe Chad. And that was, if, you, if that's your take, that's fine. I'm okay with that because at least there would be a reason behind it, or at least some kind of logical. All right, motivation. you're getting too wound up. All right. No, no, no. I'm just saying. No, I don't care. Whatever. I'm just saying. At least you could be like. You could logically draw that conclusion, like, "Hey, he lost his temper, went after Kennard." Grant, it's just like, really? Like, I mean, that's there's just no sense. Like, if oh. you have any kind of common sense at all, you could you could kind of see through that. Ping, let me uh, 
you haven't been listen. You don't listen to these podcasts every week, do you, Ping? I'm sure you're not glued to the computer. So I I, I want to. Um, just <laughs> right. time inhibits. Okay. No, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> okay. Well, here, let me put this in front of you, unbiasedly. Then you haven't heard any podcasts. One of us on this show, maybe the Pulp Show, I don't know, says that if Blake Baggett makes the podium in a Supercross race that is not Daytona. They will walk home from wherever that race is. <laughs> they will force. Speaking of Forrest Gump, they will get some sneakers and walk home. Uh, do you feel? Wait, is it uh, home? I thought it was just to the hotel. It's home. No, it's home. <laughs> it's interstate. home. That is an interstate home. jog. Perhaps. It is home to Boise. I mean, sorry, I didn't want to give it away, but um, do you? To the hotel. No, Weege. No, this is. Oh, oh, I'm way involved in this now. <laughs> Go, Blake. But Baggett's been better than I thought, for sure, better than Weege thought. Can, do you, can you think he can do this? I mean. Well, he's riding well enough that it's within the realm of possibility. Oh, uh, JT. It's not likely. He, he's been good, I've seen man. crazier things happen. I've seen... I've seen people not as good land on a podium that time. So right, he he got the last spot in the main event and came from pretty far back to get seventh, a crash even at some point. No, I, he he's riding fifth. really well. What's that, Weege? He was in fifth too when he crashed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, JT, are you are you bringing sneakers each weekend? No, I'm not worried at all. I think if there are more injuries to elite-level guys like Dungies and Canards and Tomax, then possibly that would change the, the situation. But right now, he, he's riding well. And obviously this whole thing has been, you know, a joke. And we're, you know, Someone, I don't want people to think I don't like Blake Bagger or something. I honestly think he's riding great. He's riding much yeah, better than yeah. I would have given him credit for. So, so the good people, for him. I, I, but, I don't. Well, I just don't want people to think that I'm, I have something against Blake Baggett. Well, that's that's, certainly not that's actually just people are just going to think that anyways because they are what they are. Like I, I know, you know. That, that bugs me. Like because that's not what this was intended. Like, of course we're not. To have fun with stuff. Exa- absolutely. So the people who tweet you with the Apple Maps with the route home from wherever we are, <laughs> how do you feel about those people? <laughs> and it, it's not those people. It would be more like Blake Baggett camp. Like I don't want them to think I'm trying to bag on the guy. That's certainly not the case. Like I, I have nothing. Mm-hmm. Why would I have anything against him? Of course, yeah. No. Hey, so you are you really going to run home? I, I I can't believe that you're going to really run home if this happens. I'm definitely not running home. <laughs> I promise you. I mean, I I don't. I, I can only run a few miles at a time anyway. Can, you, you guys, Mathis, you need to. You guys need to renegotiate down to run back to the hotel because even that is. I'd like Depending to see. I'd like to, wow, the San Diego. He could. He got to survive the homeless people, but I think he was staying close to the hotel, to the stadium. So, I feel pretty safe. I don't think it's going to. How happen. about you have to walk home to the next major metropolitan area? I, I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you this: you get back to like a St. Louis or somewhere where it's a little ruddier or something. He's he's good in that kind of condition. And if he's riding this well out here, I mean, that's yeah, a, I wouldn't. I, gonna own it. I wouldn't put it past him. That's going to be a long walk. And cold. Oh man, walking walking back from St. Louis downtown, just <laughs> Lewis and Clark did it. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis and Clark did it. Well, that's a good comeback. Well, you better find Sacagawea in a hurry, or you're going to get stabbed. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, speaking of that, uh, I didn't. As long as they don't stab me in my Sacagawea, we'll be fine. 
the the military theme that we had in San Diego. Uh, I didn't like Baggett's numbers. I liked Trey's gear. Looked sim- a lot like Motocross the Nation's gear, by the way. Uh, I liked Reed's gear. I didn't like O'Neill's gear, and I didn't like Baggett's number, and I didn't like Bauer's numbers. Anything you, anything that caught your guys' eye, good or bad? I thought the numbers looked good in the pro circuit bikes because they had multiple digits, you know, two-digit or three-digit with mm-hmm. Aldridge and Bowers, but mm-hmm. the one-digit, you could barely even tell. Like, is that a number on there? <laughs> what is yeah. that? Yeah. It didn't quite work on Baggett's bike, I didn't think. Okay. American flags on yeah. TLDs. Yeah, I thought looked cool. Right. TLD, uh, the seven stuff looked good on Jake. Yeah. He had mm-hmm. it. Um, Ping? Yeah, it's just. Yeah, I mean, it's all whatever. Okay, all right, thanks. Thanks a lot. I mean, yeah, it's all a little bit much. Uh, I'm like, whatever, okay. <laughs> Camouflage, all right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. In honor of all the hundreds of thousands of men and women who've gone over and died for your freedom, we'll put some camouflage on our graphics for the night. All right. What's up, Debbie Downer? The least we could do. A lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> no, literally, it is the least we could do. It is the very least thing we could possibly do to acknowledge that. So. How about... Um, Canard coming out, and he told me, like, he thanked all the, there was, all the military people lined up along the, the, the first base and third base line, and Canard went down and thanked each and every one of them during the opening ceremonies, and there was a lot of them, and he shook their hands, and I asked him about the race, I said, hey, that's real classy, and he was like, yeah, I mean, these guys are great to do that, and he's like, I honestly didn't know there was that many of them, it took a long time. <laughs> I immediately regret this decision. Yeah. I mean, it was awesome, because Trey's awesome, and he's classy and everything else, he was just like... I didn't know there would be that many. <laughs> it was dark. He turns the corner. Oh, no. Right, right. Um, uh, Jason Anderson, uh, Wygant, the wheels have kind of come off a little bit. Yeah, this is becoming a, a trend now. I mean, uh, that second place seems like a long way away now, doesn't it? Mm, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he's definitely fast and spurs, but now everybody else. You know, the first couple races are always a little bit weird. You know, some guys are off. You know, they get wrong on setup or whatnot. So if you happen to guess right, you can do really well, and then you can see how many other guys have gotten better. Dungey's gotten better. Connard's gotten better. Reed's gotten better. Sealy's gotten better. Baggett's gotten better. You just keep adding up all these guys, mm-hmm. and then he keeps having crashes and bad starts like, you know, rookies do. And next thing you know, you're just getting this stream of, like, eighth to tenth every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, still, um, still a good ride. Yeah, ten- really is. I mean, he's obviously got a good program and a good team and a good bike, and he's talented. It just shows how hard it really can be. Um, hey, did you jerkies see Sealy? I didn't see this, but uh, in practice, he was going three onto the table and then off, and then he was going three out of that next turn from the inside. Yeah, a few guys did that. A few guys did it? He did okay. it in the heat Great. race, actually. He, he, he yeah, it in the heat race he did. Time. He told me he did it in the heat race. I never saw it, so yeah. he said it got a bit sketchy. He did it as well. Okay. And, and then, um, and then um, Cole told me that, that he thought Millsaps went all the way over that table a couple times, but it was sketch. Anybody yeah, see that? Chad was looking at doing it. He kept like every time we watched video during the day, I would sneak over there and he'd be like, "I, I can get over that thing." And he never, he never did do it. But I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if somebody did. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about the in uh, the inequality of the semi races? Because holy smokes, you know we yeah, each... it's just random draw though. No, it's, it's hard e- to really complain. No, but I know, I, I know. Was, I mean, it was unbelievable. It was, it was. Wow. It was, uh, there was even, what they do is to spice things up. They take all the evens out of the heat, 
even finishers and all the odds, and they, that's it. One, one, one semi is evens, one semi is odds. And so it's not the same group of riders throughout the night that you see. And so it usually works out pretty good. But this weekend, wow, semi number one, sign me up. Killy yeah, Rusk won it. When, you, when, you, when a Josh Hill misses the main, but Ronnie Stewart's in out of the semi. Killy Rusk won it. Great job by him. Him Rusk and, won the semi. Yeah. Josh Hill didn't make the main. <laughs> yeah. you know. the photo finish with um, Tickle. but I'm trying to remember, though. Wasn't there a situation last year when the semis returned about halfway through the year where some of the riders started figuring out which one do you want to be in? And we had guys oh, yeah. practically pulling Antic over Nap. to get sixth in a heat instead of fifth. Yeah, Antonap and, and Schmidt were doing that, and they were trying. And at yep. some point, they were slowing each other. They were looking at each other, slowing down, trying to. You yeah, know. they would. They would <laughs> let people pass if they knew which one to get into. Okay, well, that's just based on numbers. That's not like they knew who qualified to the heat because they were in the heat. So it's not like they knew what the lineup was going to be. So somehow they figured out the odds or the evens are going to be tougher, right? Yeah, I don't. Really... Well, if you if you're in the second heat. And you see the the results from the first heat. You can then do the do the math in your head. That's amazing. That that's the, doing that that quickly. That I mean, seems the heats are pretty close together. My point is, if there's a pattern, couldn't the people that make the rules figure out this pattern? If the riders can figure it out, we've all talked to Antonap. We love him, but I don't. I'm not picturing him on the line like a beautiful mind scratching this stuff out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rain man. <laughs> I'm not, this is not money. Definitely, definitely want to be heat starting. two. Definitely semi two. The, the, definitely semi the, 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 <laughs> two. would be in heat two. Anderson, Anderson, heat one. Back it, back, back, back at heat one. Of course, of course, I'm an excellent rider. Excellent <laughs> rider. Definitely semi two. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I can't. I don't picture Adam doing this, but they were doing something. They admitted it, and yeah, him and Nick. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. If they, maybe they were heat two, they wanted to be in, in semi two for more rest. You know. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. No, no, they knew. They knew that one would be more looked. This is ridiculous. The heat is this semi. Reed, Weimer, Alessi, Anderson, Chisholm qualify. Hill, Grant, don't. That's one of the semis. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, uh, yeah. It was uh, nuts. The other one had um, Rusk, Tickle, Metcalf, Stewart, Partridge get in. And just missing out is Jason Claremont. <laughs> hey, he Almost was. He was. Claremont is... He was getting some attention. He was. Wow. He was. Claremont's a, he's a Frenchie. <laughs> yeah, French guy. Uh, Weege, well, you know, you know why the Candyman got in? You know why the Candyman got in? Oh, working absolutely. With, working with Seb. Couldn't keep my eyes off him. He working with him. The track walk, I just couldn't, couldn't uh, keep my eyes away. Number, number 69 is working with Tortelli. Oh, yeah. That's some dirt candy right there. <laughs> the fact that a guy number 69 is working for Kelly must just send you into next level, like, just sensual thoughts. Uh, it's like 20 minutes, but I, just, and I couldn't stop talking about it. 69 and had a piece of dirt candy with him. <laughs> dirt candy and Seb and, <laughs> and dressing, dressing up for the airports and quiche and, and all that stuff. Um, hey, uh, um, Jimmy uh, or uh, Nicoletti. The men can make a quiche. Oh, yeah. I know, I know you told us that. Um, what else? Uh, Millsaps, uh, once again, uh, Weege Millsaps proves that he is on social media and reading too much oh, about yeah, himself. Oh, great. So we finally kind of figured out what's up. I, I think JT has heard some stuff. Millsaps apparently has had a sickness of some sort, like real gnarly. That's been the problem. He looked way better in practice. We all saw that. So I went over. I'm like, okay, this is much more like we expected. 
is it any better? And he's like, I can't tell you what I've been going through. I can't tell you anything, but it, it's gone. But I lost all my fitness because of the thing that I can't tell you about. So I'm better, but it's going to take a few more weeks now to actually uh, be able to ride enough to get back in 100% shape. I'm like, okay. And does he tell us, so is it like illegal to have what he had? Why can't he tell us what he had? <laughs> I, I, this blows my mind. going to be deported. So it's, it's, I think the CDC is... Uh, it's really weird. Know. Yeah, it's it's weird. I, be quarantined I if we know. I, I, I got to that point with him. Like, I'm starting to think the only thing that could be this bad is potentially fatal. Because I put on Twitter, <laughs> Millsap says he's been sick for the last few weeks. He's finally feeling better. Oh, my gosh. So it's take I figured it out. Weeks to get a he, he sees me later in the pit. Just come over here. Come over here. Not weeks, bro. Months. I'm like, what? He's like, your tweet. Not weeks, months. I'm like, what? He's like, you said I was sick for weeks. I was sick for months. And I'm like, since when? He's like, October. And I'm like, you've been sick since October. Could you have died from this? Like, what sickness is this? He's right. like, you never know. He had Ebola. Anything possible, he had Ebola. Like, you could have died. He's like, you never know. Ebola thing. Yeah, it's Ebola. <laughs> it's Ebola. <laughs> I mean, let it be known. <laughs> Like, honestly, like, if you're sick for months and he said he couldn't do two laps, like, I'm not yeah, saying he, I'm, I'm not saying he's lying. I, I believe him, but holy Jesus, you're sick for that long, you can only do two laps, you're a professional motocrosser? I don't know, man. I don't even know. What do you, it's either, it's either Ebola or AIDS. <laughs> uh, Full-blown AIDS either, not HIV. Yeah, yeah. He's, Magic Johnson. He's Magic Johnson status. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, hey, uh, did anybody watch the TV show and can comment on Cincerello in the booth? How was that? Obviously pretty good. No? I watched yeah, he was fine. He was fine. He looked nervous, right but he was fine. He looked nervous? Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, he's you know, 18-year-old kid on live TV. He looked a little nervous. Not not noticeable, but we know Adam. You know, we know him off camera. Right. So going off that, I thought he was a little nervous. But if I didn't know him, I, maybe he would normal. I was waiting for him to drop our word of the day. He said he forgot. So that's awesome. Was it sperm whale? No, it was hippopotamus. Sperm whale is the, will never happen. It's Ping's, it's Ping's uh, unicorn. I'm aware sperm of whale is Sperm whale is my white whale of that game. No one will ever, <laughs> no one will ever achieve it. No, no. One day maybe. Um, okay. All right. Anything else um, on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing? Do we have anything else to talk about? Oh, oh we don't. We have nothing else to talk about. We've talked about everyone. Uh, this is brilliant. You know whose name has not been mentioned yes, at I do. all, not I do, once. I do, actually. Once. You're right. You're right. Ryan does once again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't see him this week. He didn't. Incredible. Yeah. He had a good ride. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I <did>. uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had a good ride. He's third. I don't know. This was like. Was he there? I think I saw him. Maybe. <laughs> Was this um? Wasn't this like Metcalf we were doing for a while? It happened with Metcalf. We would literally. No, just... you threw us under the bus with Metcalf. Is what happened. Oh yeah, no, I did that too. But you know, but uh. Hey, I have a question, real quick. While we're talking about people we didn't talk about, did Vicky Golden try to race East Coast Dallas, bro? Yeah, East uh, Coast. Okay, someone said she was racing there, and I'm like, wait, what? She's racing outdoors. Right. Steps. Yeah. Uh, okay. They get confused because uh, she seems to participate in press day every week, but doesn't have, not. Do we not actually oh, in the race? That what it was. She was day. an impressor. So now we were it. we were yeah. arguing this on text message. Uh, our buddy uh, Scott Donk, Donker's good, works for Husky now. 
used to work for Vicky. He said maybe main event. Probably not. Maybe main event. And really? Yeah. And um, come on. Well, I mean, he didn't say he wasn't claiming mains. He's just like, yeah, I think she said he was. He, he said maybe, like she'll be right there. And I'm like, Donk, I, I think she'll be lucky to make the night show. I really do. And I think I think night shows the question. I think main event is asking a lot. Then then he said he said after that, well, I haven't seen her in a while, so <laughs> I don't know. But uh, hey, Feld is very excited about this because that's no, that's no not one only wants, no one wants her to do bad, you know. Not only is this a road to arena cross with Ricky Carmichael, this is a, uh, this is a woman. So this is huge. Yeah, this is. I mean, being realistic, you know, it's her first super. Not light enough candles. Start with not light enough candles for this. Um, do you, hey, was it just me or those riders that were tweeting out? I'm so pumped to be part of Supercross, and it all happened because of my road to Arena Cross or road to Supercross, and they—that was all just Fell told those guys to do that, right? Like I don't know. Oh, hey, like, you might want to tell Donk. You might want to show Donk Jeremy Martin's uh, results from Dallas last year. <laughs> yeah, I guess right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you have a point. Um, anyways, uh, Ryan Dungey, yeah, road good, <laughs> good, good, good job. God help us all if Ralph gets a hold of that and she's in the she's in any kind of the program at all on the television show. That's all you'll hear about. Light the candles and Vicky Golden. <laughs> yeah, right. Candles have a golden glow. Oh boy. Oh wow. For sure. They do seem to have like buzzwords, and the, the Jeff. We'll just and get Ralph. into like a loop. Ricky Carmichael Ricky rode the Supercross in Dallas. Ricky Golden, light the candles, light the candles. Ricky Golden, Carmichael, <laughs> Supercross, road to Arena Cross. Who's next? Who's next? Maybe it's her. Yeah. Ricky uh, Strike uh, Gold in Dallas. The, uh, press conference or the Gold Rush is over. <laughs> like a pull toy. Like he just pulled a string on the back and it has eight. Now with eight phrases. Who, Ralph? <laughs> Oh, toy. it's like a, a Woody toy from Toy Story, you know, right? Yeah, um, you can say there's a snake in my boot. And like the can. Yeah, <laughs> JT, what's uh, the candle? Conference before Anaheim one, it was so good. No, they. Uh, I hate I, man. We're gonna get bagged on so bad for laughing at this stuff, but they had <clears throat> Jamie Little's the host, and she's like, "We have a question from a fan on Twitter. What do you guys think? Can a girl qualify for a Supercross?" And then she looks at the panel, which is like Reed, Barsha, Trey, Roxanne Dunge, I think Anderson. She looks at them, and they just all laugh. <laughs> really? No, come on. It was really bad. They did they not. They started laughing because, like, no one wanted to say no. No one wanted to say anything. And then finally, <laughs> Reed just said, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And she's like, well, what about Vicky Golden? She's going to go for it. He's like, I wish her the best of luck. <laughs> Oh, um, we're going to get so skewered. It's a good thing no one listens to me. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? Look, it, it's going to be interesting, and, and we'll we'll talk about it next week, and and we'll write about it, and and we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, yeah, good no luck. No one to her. wants her to do bad. It just exactly. See, it just awesome. it just no. It'd, it'd be, be awesome it, it'd be awesome. It'd be great, but it just seems yeah. like Feld is pushing this on us. Of course they are, right? Course, because and it's gonna it's gonna get but, ratings and but let's, mainstream media will latch onto it. But let's see are. her. My thing would be let's see her first 
then let's attach ourselves to it and promote yeah, the crap out of they it. They can draw people in. Whether, whether she does well or not, they'll already have people's attention. It'll get headlines. They don't care. Uh, speaking of headlines, JT, can you do us a future headlines for Vicky Golden? I just did. I know, but we didn't hear it that well. Oh, I said, you want uh, you want a soundbite from Vicky Golden after Dallas's first practice? <laughs> OMG, Supercross racing is hard. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be uh, something like Vicky strikes gold in Dallas, or the gold rush is officially over. I like it. I like it. Glad to see you're embracing it. Yeah. Glad to see you're embracing uh, uh, the future headline segment. Yeah, uh, gotta come around. Sometime. I'm a company man. Right. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Um, Ping, uh, are you going to any more races, or is this it? Uh, that's probably it till Vegas, unless yeah. Racer X decides to fly me somewhere. I don't see, see Vegas. myself uh, pulling my own <laughs> card out to go to a race. See you in Vegas, then. <laughs> um, so. I mean, I, I would Maybe like... Maybe Santa Clara. That's not... When's that? That's not too bad. Yeah. Like, you and McGrath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why? What do you mean? What, 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 what does that come from? We were from? talking about you. It felt like San Fran. Oh, yeah, 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 Santa Clara. Brand-new 49er stadium. That should be pretty cool. Should be interesting to see. Uh, Ping, I just want to have you there in case, like, somebody goes down. Maybe me with a heart condition or whatever, and you're just like, you're not dying on me today. You know, like, in the mood, like, not on my watch. And You really got to kick out of that little joke. Oh, and you're, just, and you're just pumping the guy's chest. Damn you. Damn you. You know? I got to see it. No? All right. Nothing? Well, no. if, we, if we have a full rest of the race, maybe you get your wish. I don't wish that, but I do wish to see you working on people like in the movies. Maybe if Baggett hits the podium and JT's got to run halfway across the country, we can get him to, yeah. <laughs> to die somewhere along the way. <laughs> I, have a, uh, I have a list of dealers uh, all the way across the country right now, so I'm prepared. I'm ready. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Stop in, get some shelter, get some food. I'll only be able to hit like two a day. Uh, on my walk well do you think wps will be upset with you missing these days at work for walking home no that's what i'm gonna hit at the dealers oh oh okay i thought you were gonna hit him up for shelter and food well maybe that too i have a corporate credit card for that kind of stuff right we could really turn this into something you know maybe i don't think it'll be very efficient i'd have to spend an incredible amount of time with each dealer maybe get a gofundme account for you you know and we'll follow you i think we should do that anyway we should get a little JT. Just, just in general, just GoFundMe. I want to be GoFunded. Weege, tell tell the web guys to get a little uh, JT tracker on the website every day on yeah. RacerX. Find out where JT is. Have a little JT on the screen. Do, 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 do. You, have you put a chip into me like a, like a dog. Right. Who is Hobo Nick? Who is that guy? He's Hobo Nick. <sighs> Nick uh, Kessner. No. He walked east to west across the country, across the 10. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there you so go. It was done. You've even got someone to coach you. Yeah. And yeah, we can fly Hobo Nick in. We can do some, yeah, all that. Um, Cookie will bring me food a couple times. Oh, she will. All right, everybody. Dave. And pick- I hope it happens. Okay. Jersey, that's the furthest I would think, right? Yeah, Jersey. New York would be terrible. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. That's the one we got to root All right, Mathis. My wife's got dinner ready. Let's land this plane. I- I'm trying to. Everyone keeps talking. All right. So, Ping, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Always good. Thank you. Sorry about the Qualcomm loss, and uh, hopefully it works out better for you. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> as long and, as they got vodka downtown, everything will be all right. <laughs> right. And, of course, JT and Weege, thanks very much, guys. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. San Diego wrap-up. Thanks, guys.
See you. See you guys. A Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550-plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at BTOsports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, Season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis.